the year 1986. The movie, Short Circuit, about a robot come to life with the will of its own and possibly destroys humanity. Starring Ali Sheedy and Steve Gutenberg. This is Raised on Movies. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Raised on Movies. My name is Gabriel. I'm John. Raised on Movies is a podcast where we talk about movies that we feel are classics. Classics to us. Our favorite films, if you will. Today, we will, on our very first podcast, we will be discussing oh, the, the 1986 short. classic. Short Circuit. I love this movie. This is, this is probably the reason why we did this podcast all together, was to have this movie. We wanted uh, to talk about Short Circuit, and uh, frankly, every time I talk to someone about it, I feel like it's an easy conversation to have with anyone. It is an easy one. And it's like uh, taking member berries. Member, member Short Circuit? Member Johnny Five? Remember Johnny Five? So where were you when you watched Short Circuit? Do you remember the first time you saw it? I mean, I was only a toddler, I guess, when this came, when this, this had its theatrical release. Yep. Came out in 1986. I think the first time I saw it was on TV. Even though I don't remember ever actually watching it, but I remember seeing it. So so whenever it came out on TV, that's when I saw it. And then when I find out that someone hasn't seen that movie, I like want to stuff it down their throat or wonder why they haven't seen it. What is wrong with you? <laughs> that's just, I just I don't know, you know, if they haven't seen it, then I feel like we have nothing to talk about. Yeah, it's also one of those movies because sometimes it's hard to show someone a movie that you really love that's old and been like, because if they didn't see it when it came out, they kind of missed it and they don't quite get it. But I feel like this is one that you could show to anyone and they still like. And if they don't like it, then we're probably not going to be friends or something. It's a good psychopath (laughs) test. Like how you could tell someone's a murderer if they didn't like Johnny Five. I mean, how could you not? You don't like Johnny Five. His eyebrows move. Right. There's a lot of... uh... The eyelids, I'm going to, or is it eyebrows or eyelids? I think it's eyebrows. Because it kind of close. I don't know, nobody can see Well, them. his eyes open and close. He has like little irises inside his eyes. And what are the little flaps right in front of his? The, the, the little flaps. Because remember he uses them to grab the wrench off the... what about the bottom ones? You don't have eyebrows on the bottom. You have bottom brows. <laughs> it's different for robots. <laughs> bottom, bottom brows here. Bottom brows. Okay. So now, John, I uh, feel you have some... Some facts too, or what are we going to call these interesting tidbits? Okay. So the movie came out May 9th, 1986. Remember anything about 1986? Reagan was president. Let's see what else happened. The, the Chernobyl happened a few years before. Oprah Winfrey, uh, first episode. A few years or a few months? A few months. Uh, yeah, Chernobyl happened in April. Mm. This movie came out in May 9th. Robert Winfrey went on the air. Pixar Animation Studio opened its doors for the first time. 1986. Huh? 1986. What the hell were they doing this whole time? Yeah, right? The most popular shows on television were ALF. Did you ever watch ALF? Is that Let Me Eat the Cat? Yeah, the little puppet robot thing. It's like, looks like an anteater kind of thing? Yeah. Was it an I don't know what... It's I, an alien. Familiar with it, but not... Yeah, I never watched it either. Let Me Eat the Cat. Matlock was the other one. Hmm. The old lawyer guy. I think it was... No. Andy Griffin. Remember? Designing Women was the other popular show at the time. Never really watched it. No. Mike Tyson won his first boxing match. Who do you think won the Super Bowl that year? Uh, The Bears. The Bears! Because it was 85 Bears. The Bears. All right, but what movie 
of that was that came out in '86 won the Oscar, because in in the one for '85 was out of Africa. No, so it was Amadeus. No, Platoon. Ah, uh, how could I get that? Wrong? How could you get that wrong? So-called military person. <laughs> so the movie was made for about nine million dollars. So it was less made for less than a the cost of a cost of one robot. Yep. One saint robot. It made forty million dollars, which is considered a huge hit. Oh yeah, that's a. I'm not good at the math, but looks like double, triple the investment. Double, triple. Yep. It made five point three its opening weekend, which is considered pretty good. Okay. And so that means it had to recoup the rest of that forty million over its whole run, which is impressive because the movie that opened next weekend after that was Top Gun, which was the top grossing movie of the year. I can see that. Yeah. So it still managed to bring viewers in when Top Gun was in theaters. Yeah, and this is back when uh, definitely word of mouth played word of a mouth big, played. big yeah. factor. There maybe. were also less movies that opened against it. It only opened against a movie called Dangerously Close, Fire with Fire, and Next Week, Next Week, oh, and uh, Sweet Liberty, Next Week Sweet Liberty, I think was the name of the movie. Never even heard of it. If you've seen any of these films uh, and you think that maybe they didn't get its due, go ahead and uh, let us know. <laughs> yeah, if it was... Better than where? Yes, because sometimes some movies come out and they completely get overshadowed by others, and that it's maybe unfairly or whatnot. But that's true. Hey, let me know. Yeah, and, uh, I feel like this one movie was overshadowed by Top Gun, perhaps. Like if Top Gun didn't come out or came out a little bit later, this movie would have made a lot more money. But then it's also a different crowd. This is like a kids movie, where Top Gun's kind of more like a, a older movie. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Um, S.S. Wilson and Brent Maddock, the guys that wrote the movie, their writing partners, they started in TV. Didn't really, they made, worked on a show called Mask, which was a popular kids show. And Not Jim Carrey's Mask? Not Jim Carrey's Mask. It was like a cri- one of those uh, crime fighting shows where Mask is like an acronym for something. I've never watched it. I'm sure, I've, from what I've seen online, uh, people are might be a little upset about me not saying I watched Mask because a lot of people, there's a lot of fan base for Mask. Yeah, I, I don't know what Mask is, so... The other movie that they wrote of note later was Tremors. This was a good movie. I vaguely remember Tremors now. Tremors was a great movie. But there's like three of them at least, right? There's like seven Tremors, like a TV show at one point. Oh, uh, all right, so... Um, they also wrote the movie Ghost Dad, starring Bill Cosby, <laughs> which is famous nowadays because uh, it's about... He can walk through walls and go sneak up on people and he, he doesn't need pills for it. Yeah. yeah. So I see what of, you did there. Yeah, I see what you did there. Uh, John, John Badham directed this. Of course he did Saturday night fever. He also did war games just before this, the year before with Ali Sheedy in it. So that's probably why Ali Sheedy was in this movie. Ah, war games. He did Nick of time, burn on the wire after this stakeout and a bunch of TV shows. Still very active. Ali Sheedy did breakfast club a year before, which was a huge hit. The whole Brat Pack thing. Oh, maybe that's a... So that's why she's the she's billed as the top billed actress of the movie. In fact, she wasn't in the sequel. She was only in it for briefly because she was deemed too expensive. That's okay. I, like, okay. The other, I like the other yeah. actress better. She was in St. Elmo's Fire, which came out a little bit before this as well. Steve Gutenberg was in the Police Academy movies, which came out in 84. And then their Police Academy 2, the first assignment, came out in 85. And then the best one, Police Academy 3, back in training, came out the same year. He also did Cocoon, which was a big hit, came out the year before. And then after that, he only he did Citizens on Patrol. But uh, 
Schroeder, G.W. Bailey, was in all the Police Academy movies, too. Played a lieutenant. Right. So they worked together a bunch. Like I said, Fisher Stevens didn't really do anything before this. The first one he did before was The Flamingo Kid. I, I think I've only seen him once since in uh, Lost. Yeah, he was in Lost. He was on a, a famous episode of Friends. Uh, he was in Friends a bunch. I think only one or two episodes. He was in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, yeah. What are you doing that? He played uh, Iggy. Hmm. Yeah. Well, he has a pretty full body of work. Hackers. He's now in the sh- the show, the the night of HBO show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Things about that. Words. Um, Howard Austin Pendleton is in everything. He's in pretty much every TV show you could imagine. He's, he's on this podcast right now. He's he's here now, <laughs> making a cameo. Uh, Tim Blaney, who did number five, which is interesting because uh, number five was done by Five Puppeteers. Right, and so Tim Blaney wore a suit, and actually acted off frame with it, and recorded his voice in real time. So when Ali Sheedy was acting, it was she was kind of acting against a real robot. She was actually able to yeah. react. It's kind of similar to what's the name Andy Circus, who does the motion capture. It was kind of it felt very similar to that. With Schmeagle? Schmeagle. <laughs> that that right? No, it's not right. <laughs> what's his name? Uh, I forget now. Thanks. I'm gonna get a lot of hate for that. Schmeagle, Golem, and whatever. Okay, and he, uh, but most famously, he played uh, Frank the Pug in the Men in Black movies. He also did voice that. He did the puppeteers for a bunch of stuff. He was in. He did the puppets for Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, yeah, I love that movie. It was a good movie. Conflicting accounts of how many puppets used to control him, but it looks like five is a good number. So obviously, we revisited this film. How does it? How do you feel about it, watching it? Oh, a lot of different things. I, I noticed it opens on the Terminator shot, right? The flowers and the little things running over it. Um, a few other things I noticed, too, was after they're having some weird mock battle, the first thing I noticed about the battle being fake was uh, a mannequin's ass. Because after the, like, there's all these, like, the, the truck explodes and it rolls over and there's a mannequin in there, like, on fire. But I remember looking at it and seeing, like, an ass. I mean, like, that's not a real ass. <laughs> that was the first thing I noticed as an adult was how a real ass looks like. It reminds me that, oh, yeah, this was the 80s. The gotta end of the get, Cold War. Gotta get those Ruskies. The whole premise of why these robots are even invented. Yep, for military use. But the also thing I noticed, too, was they said that they cost $11 million pretty early on, which I feel like for military gear nowadays, I was like, that is cheap. Eleven million dollars in nineteen eighty six has a kick ass laser, which is cool because like I feel like the whole time people are like, oh yeah, look at this robot that can drive around, but shouldn't they be like, hey, what's up with that laser? Yeah, and uh, I think everybody keeps uh, kind of overlooking the fact that it can make you drinks. It can make you gin and tonics. It's I like gin and tonics. I love gin. I would I would love to have a robot make me gin and tonic and then melt my enemies. That would be awesome. Yeah. Then it's probably not going to judge you for having. A gin and tonic at eight in the morning. Well, that's good because that robot's gonna see some shit. <laughs> <laughs> so that uh, we're at the, we're at this military function, I guess, where they're uh, promoting this robot. Yep. To get it approved by the government because everything has to be approved by the government. Everything has to be approved by the government. And uh, we're missing one of the characters apparently. Yeah, Newton's too good for the party. Too, he's too good. He doesn't want to do the hobnobbing. He hates the, the man. He, what is this hobnobbing? Oh, it's where you go around and they have to like socialize and they're like, hey, um, so this robot could kill more people than this robot. And like, oh, good news, man. Which is, which apparently is like a, like your stereotypical, you as being a good character in the movie, you have to hate the military industrial complex. 
Okay, so then we skip ahead and uh, the robots are outside and lightning hits. Looks like power lines. Yep. There's like a surge or something and it hits number five. Which is a weird thing to have bring a robot back to life. I remember I read on the internet that the writers didn't want to have lightning strike the robot. They just couldn't find a different plot device to have it come to life. Because it feels kind of like divine, doesn't it? Like God struck the robot. The first thing he does when he comes to life is plays with a light switch, which is kind of cool. It's like, oh, he's like, he's learning childhood. Like he's basically going to childhood. And then the next thing he does is sees a robot go by with coffee. And you could tell by the camera angles, the way he looks at it, that he goes, I want to fuck that robot. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't quite get that. Oh, I got that. So he goes from like childhood all of a sudden to be like, I'm a little toddler playing with light switch to pubescent teenager looking at like a robot. I'm like, oh, because remember that coffee robot? That's going down the aisle and it has like a little uh, extension cord kind of dangling behind it. He's like following it. And then the eyes look like boobs. Yeah, they were a little bit larger than normal eyes. Yeah, those eyes, they definitely have some so push-ups. What's, up, what's up with that cord? I feel like if it's disconnected, maybe that one's going all haywire too. Well, I think it's like a charging cord. Because they didn't really talk about how to power the robots. Because the power, robots just seem to run without electricity. Yeah, but we're not going to get into that, I guess. No, it does have, a, they do have batteries. They do have batteries, but I mean, like, that's, I think that assumes that when you have a battery, you have to charge it. So that's what that extension I, cord is. I think, I think it's just because uh, those batteries were built better than the Apple batteries now. Oh, they're, they're not a Samsung Galaxy. <laughs> not exploding. <laughs> so I guess uh, we haven't made strides forward in technology. Then we also meet a, a character that I kind of really dislike, which is Scroder. Oh, Scrotum. I mean, Scroter. Sorry. Yes. yes. Scroter. 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 Yeah. I think that's intentional. So either that means he's doing a great job or what do you think about this kind of... Well, I think Scrotum, Scroter is set up in the beginning to kind of be like the villain or like a villain because he's just meant to be... I think he's also meant to uh, be the personification of evil military because he's not military. He's security. He's kind of a, maybe a mercenary type. Well, I think he's the security guard that feels like he's in the military. Like it kind of went to his head. He's power hungry. <clears throat> so my theory is this whole movie is a prequel to Terminator. This is where Skynet was developed. Newton developed Skynet. Nova is Skynet. Johnny Five is a Terminator, right? Because he's a a numbered unit and the Terminator is a T-100, T-100. T-800? T-800. T-1000? T-1000 is a later one. That was Terminator oh. 2, right? Robert Patrick. Mm. Yeah, so I think like the the whole idea of like creating Skynet, because I'm sure at some point Steve Gutenberg's like, oh, this robot's alive. How do we uh, let's do that to another robot? And then he's like, <laughs> you know, let's do that to another robot. And humanity ends. I'm surprised we've managed to go this far without talking about Fisher Stevens. Oh, Fisher Stevens. And how, uh, you know, even up to recently, I didn't know he was not. He's not Indian. So. It's kind of a little bit of controversy around that now because Aziz Ansari on his show, Master of None, said that, have you seen the movie Short Circuit? He's, that that guy is actually a white guy. But actors do that. Actors do do that. So I guess the question is, is it racist? Um, Or is it like whitewashing? Because. I guess originally the character was written to be a white guy, but um, they uh, 
fired the the writer the network wanted to switch it to an Indian guy, and so they fired Fisher Stevens, and they actually hired. Um, let's see if I can find his name. The actor from. Have you ever seen the show? Perfect Strangers. No. Oh, uh, there's a character in there called Belky. Uh, Bronson Pitchett. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but he was originally was supposed to be cast to play um, Fisher Stevens' character, but at the last minute, they he couldn't do it because of schedule conflicts or just didn't want to do it, so he was out. So they brought Fisher Stevens back in and said, "Hey, can you play an Indian guy?" And he, of course, said, "Sure." Which was just like it was a, this was his first big movie for uh, for Fisher Stevens. So he was like, "Oh, sure, I'll do it," because he also starred in the sequel, Short Circuit Two. Yes. And so he was like, of course I'll do it. And so he said he went to India, kind of studied it, even though his accent did sound a little stereotypical. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if it bothers me so much because this happens all the time. It does happen all the time. Uh, an Italian plays a Cuban in Scarface. So it's true. I guess as long as the performance is. But he didn't wear face makeup, which Fisher Stevens was in brown face for the movie. Mm. But is it worse than Breakfast at Tiffany's? Oh no, that's that. That is the benchmark that we judge all racism in movies by. <laughs> that that was it, Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney's Mickey character, Rooney, yeah, and Breakfast. Tiff- yeah, that that is the that is the benchmark. So it's not even close to that, but it is on the scale of kind of whitewashing offensive racism in movies. <laughs> yeah, because uh. That's it's a totally different entirely thing in itself. Because they also played on different other stereotypes of him too. Like he was kind of like kind of a horn dog. He was kind of like the comic relief. So he wasn't like a serious scientist. I feel like like yeah. he didn't do anything scientisty. All he kept wanting to do was go pick up chicks. And he makes some uh, some weird jokes too. He does make some weird jokes. Once again, like he doesn't do anything sciency. Like he's not one of the guys. Like he doesn't do anything at all that is considered science related in the movie. So, he has a computer at a few points and types a few keys in. He makes a lot of random jokes. He fucks up a lot of sayings. Which which is kind of funny. Like, Because like, he's supposed to be kind of one of the comic relief characters. But like everyone else in the movie is pretty funny. They all do a pretty good job. Let's talk about Ali Sheedy's character of Stephanie Speck. Oh, Stephanie. I remember when we first saw Stephanie in the movie. And I was just like, oh, she's so crazy. Because when she first sees the robot, right? Because the robot falls into her truck off a bridge. And she's all like, and she thinks it's an alien. And she's not like, oh my God, this is it. This is the end of the world. She's like, oh, hey, welcome to my home. Come I, inside. She said, I knew you would pick me. You're like, oh, are you one of those people? That yeah. Is- and so she's a little weird and strange. I was like, this is unbelievable. No one would do that. And then you see the Astoria Bridge and she's like, oh, this is Oregon. I'm like, oh, okay. I get it. I get it, I get it now. <laughs> what do you think of her ex-boyfriend? Her ex-boyfriend, Frank? The world's douchiest guy there. Yep. The douchey douche guy. <laughs> He, he nailed that part. I don't, I don't understand why he's not in more movies. Mm-hmm. Well, he is. He's in a lot of movies playing somewhat the same character. A bunch of TV shows and movies. He kind of got typecasted, I guess. It's good typecast. I mean, there's only so far you can go with the mullet, really. Yeah, and he was uh, he was insulted by something, by the character Stephanie, and uh, he goes and he says, uh, don't call me that. And she replies, you don't even know what that means. Still. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Frank. I thought that was, I thought that was hilarious. I think so, it also sets the tone that there's going to be like romance in the movie. You kind of have to have that make it appeal to all audiences. Well, it looked more like domestic violence to it me. Did, it did. It was borderline DV abuse in this movie. And uh, I like how the neighbor was just kind of watching and didn't really want to help her. Yeah. 
So the dog's barking again last night? Yep, you know. And then uh, they had a dog with one leg, and he said, makes a reference as dog is on his last leg. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely something going on there. Different times, I guess. I don't yeah. know if you can get away with that joke now. <laughs> That's a good point. You can kill people, but don't harm animals. Don't harm animals. Well, that's the other thing, too, is I noticed that uh, number five, when he was, like, alive and he was learning about death, it's because he killed a grasshopper. I wonder if the writers were sitting around, like, what could he kill? Could he rip a cat in half? Like, no, that would make the kids cry. What about a dog? Could he just run over a dog? They're like, no one cares about grasshoppers. He can kill a grasshopper. <laughs> but there's all these things around he could just murder to, like, learn about death. Yeah, he almost murdered the goldfish. He almost murdered the goldfish. But the grasshopper, that was like, that's okay. This is fine. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Fuck grasshoppers. After meeting her, he needs more input. More input. And um, if you're watching this movie for the first time, you're wondering, what are all those books that look the same? Oh, yeah. I, I looked it up online. I had to Google this. I think they're called encyclopedias? Encyclopedias? Encyclopedias. I'm not sure on the pronunciation. I know we didn't have any of those. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, that's what the internet was back in the day. People actually like looked at it on paper, I guess. So if you're wondering why you, you opened up that book and uh, was it Aardvark with the first thing? Uh, yep, alphabetically. Because they're in alphabetical order. Yep. So I thought that was uh, interesting to see how... People lived back in the primitive days? Yeah, you couldn't. There was no... That was Google. God, I'm so, I bet twerking wasn't even in there. <laughs> yeah. That's a good. That's a good question. I feel like somebody's googling that right now. What twerking? No, twerking is a newer term. I'm I, sure it was not in the Encyclopedia Britannica. It did not have a definition of twerking. How will we know until yeah somebody Place, email us messages? Twerking is when a dancer places their feet equal length apart and then proceeds to try to touch the floor with their buttocks in a repetitive up and down motion. Oh, also known as making it clap. Make it clap. <laughs> Turn the lights off. So he's uh, he's introduced to everything, and he's also introduced to the television. Ah, uh, the television. What's, what's one of the shows he watches right away? Three Stooges was the one that kind of like sunk into him. That That's the one he absorbed the most. That's the one he absorbed the it, most. Uh, reappears throughout the film. How do you feel about him learning how to drive by reading the manual? Um, I, I kind of forget we even have car manuals, so I believe that maybe there's something in there that says like how to drive, but it's like, I don't think it would have the rules of the road, like how to like stop at a stop sign uh, I guess to be fair he never really stopped anywhere that's a good point but he still <laughs> stuck to the right side of the road so then they, they go on a little high speed chase there once he learns how to drive uh, faster than I did or any of us I guess for that matter speak for yourself <laughs> alright and uh, he almost drives off a cliff almost drives off a cliff and then he's he's found by Ben and Frank no not Frank Frank's the, the douche Frank's the douche What's his Newton and Ben? Sorry. Yep. Newton. Newton. Which I, I just love the names in this movie. They're very big on like just typical names. Like they have scrotum. <laughs> what's what's Howard's name? What's his last name? I remember they do like a gag over the radio where they like yell. Uh, Howard Marner. Marner, whatever. They do like a, a few gags with his last name over the radio. And Scroder is just Scroder. Scrotum. Yeah, Scroder, Scrotum. So then uh, Stephanie tries to explain to him that he's alive. That, or is it, or does, she, does she use those words? I don't think she does. Oh, so I think she just says that he's talking to me. 
Yeah. And they're like, you're full of shit, lady. And then and then they they do get into the fact that she says she's alive. And he's like, no, he can't be alive. He's a robot. And of course, Scroder's men show up and they're about to... They, they, they mess shit it, up. They shoot at it. And uh, so they, they almost start to take him out. Yeah, they, they do land a few good blows on him. But then uh, Newton comes up, gets him to stop shooting, and he shuts him down. How'd you mm-hmm. feel at that point? I thought it was a good, like, uh, just kind of like a the resting point where they could sit and kind of talk. So they shut him down, load him up in the truck, but he's not fully... It's not fully... Somehow he's still able to move his face. His uh, famous eyebrows. His I call eyebrows. Him, I call them eyelids. Yep. And he turns himself back on and does a quick repairs on his arm that he got shot at. Fixes himself up. And then he quickly gets uh, Ben and the other the hired gun out of the truck and he takes over. Yep. So he comes back to life and uh, who is Johnny? The song comes on. Hmm. I didn't notice that. But he doesn't give himself this name yet, but maybe this is like where he gets the name from. Right. Yeah. And then uh, what's his name? Howard. I think at this point they're like, uh, Scrooge like, Hey, I'm going to need some, some choppers. No, he says we're, they need some Hueys. Like, what the hell are Hueys? I thought they were called choppers. They're Hueys now. <laughs> well, nobody told me that. <laughs> yeah. Which I think it kind of also, like, because Scrotum, Scroder is trying to take over, obviously. He's trying to be, like, he's becoming, like, a power-hungry military person. And he's stepping over Howard, which is still kind of, like, at that point, I, was, I didn't quite know who was whose boss. Which I think was intentional. I think that's kind of the point. It's supposed to be, like, because it's kind of clear that Howard's the boss, but... Schroeder is definitely overshadowing him. He's more assertive. He's more assertive. I just want to play with cool toys and blow shit up. Which, who doesn't? I mean, come on. Who doesn't want to shoot lasers or bombs at robots? And then uh, one of them said, he's not that kind of a robot. What do they mean by that? Like some, like other robots are inferior robots? Or like they... they He's not a Roomba. They're not used for other pleasures i think they meant like uh maybe vibrators i don't know that's kind of what i thought was like they're talking about how people because I, I guess there's a good point like there's a since we're making robots there's gonna be a point i think we've already probably hit that point where people are gonna try to have sex with it <laughs> All right. All right so they're offering a twenty five thousand dollar reward which Ali Sheedy did not get because she when she first called she tried to get a reward and they're like there's no reward but now there's a reward yeah, I think they were going to give her a, a discounted tour. Or a tour of the facility. Not even a free tour. They said, uh, we can maybe get you a discounted tour. Student discount. I remember that. Oh, student S- discount. Student discount. I guess only students got discounts at the time. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, no, so here's where I disagree with you on uh, how he kind of grew up and was a horn dog early on. I think he doesn't become a horn dog or, let's say, uh, an adolescent, number five, until th- this point. When number five comes back to Steph, and Steph is in the bathtub. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's because you gotta when you have when you have Ali Sheedy movie, you gotta you gotta have her. And then he says, "Nice, Stephanie. Nice, nice. you changed color." Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So and then uh, I try to slow it down. But that's cross species horn dogginess because I, I I feel like he would first. Hey, hey, we're not here to judge, all right? I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. We've already established that different robots. We live in a time where if you want to love whatever it is you want to love, you can you love, can it. love it. Yeah, because he <laughs> love well, it he, hard. Well, he was like. He wanted to fuck that coffee machine robot. 
That's what I, I disagree. I didn't think so. I thought he maybe thought it was his mom. No, or something. I, I think it's like the first time as a kid where you like see something new on the internet. And you're like, what? what? What's happening? Something is changing in me forever, and that's <laughs> kind of what happened. Is like seeing something that sexualized him, which was a coffee robot. A sorry, a hot coffee robot. Is it kind of made him like, huh? Huh? And and also another thing I got out of out of uh, him coming back is that I think he understands companionship because he could have easily gone anywhere. But he chose to come back to someone he trusts. Yeah. So I, I feel like a. We are. He's already evolving. He's he's kind of becoming an actual person now. Like he has. If he has already. Like if you weren't convinced, I think there's qualities that are showing, even though they're not so much in your face. Yeah, so I, I agree with you that. And then he uh, he does what any normal human being would do: is watch Saturday Night Fever. Yep. To learn some dance moves. Which uh, was directed. By the director of this movie, John Badham, directed Saturday Night Fever and this one. So he even said in interviews that that scene was put in there because it did feel a little out of place, but it kind of worked. It was an homage to Saturday Night Fever. I think it worked, especially because the, he was able to mimic some of the moves. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, all right. By the way, John Badham uh, did have a uh, cameo in the movie. He played a cameraman when the news anchors came out toward the end of the movie. Oh, nice. Yeah, every director needs to have their, their cameo. Cameo there. Mm-hmm. Let's see, and then, uh, but then we also see some of the flaws in in uh, Johnny Five or Number Five at this point, which are he tries to make Stephanie breakfast. Yep, I remember watching that scene as a kid and laughing my ass off. Thinking that was the funniest thing ever because he's made a mess of the kitchen, which is something I've always wanted to do as a kid. Yeah, you know, I never got to do that, and I don't know which which households this happened that where the kids get to go run amok in the kitchen and make mm-hmm. all sorts of mess, and then it's cute and like, oh, you tried to make breakfast. No, I felt like that was the way that ended in my house was with a switch f- or a belt. <laughs> yep. Followed by some intense cleaning. But I did like how he was cooking, uh, what was it, like hash browns or something in the box? Yeah. And, uh, well, I mean. Which makes total sense. Like, if you look at it, like, it doesn't say, like, I guess it does say some of them are moving from the box, but probably is it like sense, like, oh, you cook this rectangular cube. So, yeah, you can't be too mad at it because as he's reading the directions, like, uh, when he's trying to make the pancake batter, it says add three eggs. It doesn't say, Open the eggs, take the, the yogurt. Yeah. So, I mean, like, to be fair, he's reading the instructions and following the instructions. Which is very true for, like, that's like programming, is you have to you have to tell a program what to do. But as a human, like, he's kind of learning that. So I think he's, like, evolving from a program to more, like, a human approach to things. So I thought that was uh, very interesting that he added all the eggs in it there. It was. And, and made a mess. And the, the hash browns, were the hash browns? I, I don't know what they were. <laughs> I think they were hash browns. They're like hash browns or something, yeah. But he put them on there, and I was like, "Well, hey, put on stove." And then he did it, and did he, he flipped it over right. I think what's sad is that uh, directions are now more detailed because humans have made mistakes like that. Yep, <laughs> he's already smarter than like eighty <laughs> percent of all of us out there. Thirty years later, yeah, there's people that are still messing up that we need more detailed instructions. Like, please remove package, bef- remove from package before eating. Yeah, the reason why it says. Uh, turn off the car before you replace your fan belt isn't because of Johnny Five. <laughs> yeah, so you, you figure that whenever you see a warning sign like, hey, don't climb on this thing, it's because somebody climbed on this thing like, and knocked them, knocked it over and had the vending machine fall on them. Yep. Like, so you ever see like, why would they say not to shake this thing? Well, that's why. <laughs> because you guys somebody are idiots. <laughs> You're smarter than a robot. You're not smarter than a robot from a kid's movie. Yeah, I th- I thought that uh, breakfast scene was hilarious. I enjoyed it. I still laughed at it too. Like I, even, even though I knew about the whole egg batter mix, but just the the box of the hash browns, I was like, oh, 
I laugh with a good chuckle. Yeah, I thought that was, uh, and uh, I agree with you there. Watching it as a kid, you definitely think it was it's so. Even, it was so cool just to watch the kitchen be wrecked. Like, <laughs> mom would totally hate that. Oh, I want to do that to my mom's kitchen. Like, can we talk <laughs> about the fact that he took apart his car? I was, like, I was getting to that next because that happens. perfectly really fast and no one talks about that again. They're like, hey, remember how we're trying to figure out like uses for these robots? Like he just was like an expert mechanic in 30 seconds. He did have the guide with him, though. Oh, OK. Yeah. Sorry. I guess that's most mechanics don't read the manual before they disassemble a car. I, 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 you know what? I'm going to go with they probably don't because I feel like they can never find it when I take a car in there. Like, oh, we thought it was this, but now we're going to have to do this. <laughs> fun. should give him the manual when you go to fix your car. They're like here. And uh, this movie here shows that it can be done. <laughs> And don't change the fan belt while you did the writing. <laughs> That's for your safety, buddy. So he, he disassembles his uh, Firebird, so I guess he kills it. So He disassembled. So he's learned about life, and he learned that he killed a fellow. That he has the power to kill. And disassemble. And disassemble. And he's really good at it, because he's a Terminator. And at this point, I like that he's also learned... Uh, quick wit and uh, comebacks. Yep, that's important. That's that's all what being a human is. <laughs> he says, uh, I think something to the effect of, uh, your mama was a snowblower. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great, great, I, great I, line. I, I like that. It's like, uh, not yep. only she's a snowblower, but it kind of also implying that she's a whore. <laughs> 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 and then he kind of just, uh, like, he pants, he pants the... Frank which, which is hilarious. He takes off his uh, the, he, the heels of his boots. The ultimate insult a kid can do another is pants them in front of the girl he likes. And, he's like, Whoa, and she totally starts laughing even though they were just in a very... Yeah, even though he just tried to murder <laughs> a recently sentient being. And just, just... Where did that shotgun come from that was in the car? Uh, No, he had the rifle the whole time. Oh, right, right, yeah, 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 the, the, the rifle. Yeah, he had it the whole time. I guess it was like a... They're in Oregon, but it feels like he came from the Midwest. I, I don't. I don't. He doesn't know. feel very Oregon-eyed. Yeah, he just kind of. There's like a trucker, and it's just one of his stops where he just harasses Stephanie. I guess he didn't smoke the Oregon pot. Yeah, which is great too. Oh, there was that one scene. Sorry to go back, but there was a scene where they're like where they're pulling over random cars in the beginning of the movie to look for Johnny Five. Uh, after he skates the facility and they pull over an old couple, and they really pull away. They're like, "Is the is the grass still in the glove box?" Which I was like. Oregon. No, no, because they had the they had the little uh, the tracker. He Johnny Five. Yeah, in which is like, by the way, that tracker is like not well built. Like, why would they make a tracker that just couldn't? I mean, it looked like it had screw holes, so it was mounted, but it had a one a button on it and a flashing light. So they thought the they 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 why would they think that number five would have enough intelligence to take that off? Well, why I mean, would he want to take it? Well, because he's going into the battle zone. I feel like a tracker on the outside would get like hit. Like this, this whole thing is like built for the military, but doesn't feel like a thought out robot. I'm just saying. Well, they're the first five. I guess. Okay. They're prototypes. Ben and uh, Newton are coming. They're, they're back on the chase. Hot in the heels. Well, they were supposed to meet alone. Johnny, they're okay. supposed to meet him okay. alone. So, all right. so in I'm like on, a on, wooded area, right? <clears throat> at a little you, restaurant. A little restaurant. What did you think of that? Did you feel there was something off right away? Uh, yeah, there's always going to be something off because it's like one, it's getting to the end of the movie where you know something's. And everybody in there is in on it except for like the bartender. Yeah. And then she. Did stepped... Newton know? Was he aware? He was not. He was not. Yeah, he was also. Because he, was, he wasn't with Howard. He wasn't with the. Yeah. So they set him up too because if. He, well, because they called him over the radio because he was out looking at the sunset or something. And he was like, hey, uh, she greeted me with you alone. And so he went to the restaurant by himself by himself and they have a little chat and it feels like a little mini first date mm -hmm. it did feel like it was like a first date 
And meanwhile, Johnny Five, or sorry, number five. Number five. Number five. Getting ahead of myself here. Is attacked by the other robots. What do you think of this? This scene when he's getting attacked and uh, these other robots with horrible aim. Horrible aim. Another thing too that is like the robots are cool. Don't be wrong. Robots are kind of cool, but the laser—that's the sweet part. Like if if I was the military, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, cool. Robots are cool. Give me that laser because the laser is the badass part of the whole thing, right? Because it blows up, it can slice, it can cut. So I feel like they should just give the lasers to the soldiers. Yeah, like have them be like, okay, for now, here's what we're gonna do for now. We're gonna we're gonna walk around with the lasers as guns, and we'll be cool. For, for right now. And we like your little robot. Because I remember he, the military guy wanted to strap a nuke to it. That was the original tactic. Yeah, he was like, march it right down. Which I hate to say it. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that's probably the best use of the robots. It's just to send them in to, like, do the dirty job. So Johnny Five. Ah, damn. Keep forgetting. Yeah, he's not, he's number five now. He takes out one, two. So he, there's one, two, three, and four. Oh, he t- only takes out three. Or uh, the, which which numbers of them exactly? I don't know. Because I remember because it was the three stooges. But they took out... Remember they took one when they were first trying to apprehend him? Yeah. So I don't know what happened to that one. He turned it... Oh, no, he built a decoy later. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen this in... Oh, yeah, go 30, go watch this movie. Should have watched it already. Mm-hmm. I, I frankly don't see how you would be listening to this without having seen this. So, spoiler, <laughs> is he... Johnny Five... No, 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 uh, no, 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 five no. wins the fight against the other robots. <laughs> right? That's a spoiler for this scene. Yeah, he like reprograms them and makes them do shtick. Three stooges. Three stooges stick. So, did he make them alive? That's a question I had. He reprogrammed them. But so, does that mean did he give them the spark of life? Did he make the other three robots sentient? No, I don't think he has the ability to give life. But that's how Skynet starts. That's that's the thing. It's like I think he like programmed them, and I don't think they're gonna like dismantle them at the end because. They they proved that Johnny Five's alive by giving him a test. Right, but these uh, three studios are not gonna. This is it. This is like this is the peak. <laughs> they're, they're kind of the inbred ones. <laughs> yeah, they're they're kind of alive, but they're. This is not talk about that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they they moved back to Kansas or something. Yeah, they're they're yeah. back on the farm now, hanging out, tending to the crops, <laughs> petting rabbits or something. <laughs> <laughs> Lenny's gonna keep an eye on them. Is one of the Stooges named Lenny? No? It is. Really? I think it is. Lenny, uh, Curly, and Mo. Oh, yeah. No. Larry, Larry Curly, and Mo. Ah, no, Lenny, Lenny's still uh, mice of men. Not Simple Jack? Not Simple Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Where did they drive to? I want like, is that place existing Oregon, or is that like... Uh, what, oh, that overlook by the bridge? I think it does. No, right? no, the, the desert. When, uh, when number five, Newton, and Stephanie go out to have the little... The, the cookout and not the you know the oh bonding, yeah, yeah the little bonding moment the time to find out if he's real if he's the, alive the, the spirit quest it yeah. kind of felt like a spirit quest well anyways I guess I think we're focusing on the wrong thing okay so Luden's asking him like how how do you know like you're like how do you know it's wrong he's like I told me well yeah and then he gives him these tests right which the first test is the 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 questions like how do you know because it's wrong he's like I thought you knew that. I thought you were a PhD. And then he pours soup on a map and basically gives him the, the what is it, the Rorschach test? To say, like, what do you see? Because you interpret that. And he saw that. And then the final test... Because at first, this is where he shows growth, because uh, had it been earlier in the movie, he would have been like, oh, that paper. is... Paper. Paper, the, the liquid, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
but now he's able to. Well, there was a shot of the butterfly, so I think he was able to like associate that ah, image with the butterfly. About. There was a few shots of butterflies where he was playing with the butterfly. <laughs> that was one of his first images. No, one of his first like yeah, where he was a lifelike image. Where he was in the child stage of his growth. He was in the back of that truck rolling out before he started getting robo boners. Right, and then uh, he gets the the joke. So oh, sense of humor. The anti-Semitic joke. <laughs> You're not a human unless you hate the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's one way to look at it. Yeah. No, that that was. The, the, the joke was, remember, he throws money in the sky. And the, whatever. The circle. The Catholic says whatever's in the circle. Gets to keep. And then what's the other one? Like the other, Whatever lands out. Uh, what's what's the other religion that they had? Okay. Whatever. Whatever's outside the circle, God can keep. And then the Jew says, throw it up in the sky. Whatever. And whatever. God can take whatever he wants. So, which they laugh a bunch because the one thing that's that is all across all all of life is Jews and money, apparently. Right. So you say it's like anti-Semitic and it's like a bad joke on Jews and all that. Uh, but, look, yeah. But I will say this: I'm going to go with his logic when it comes to keeping the money. Yeah, okay, I get it. I, you know, I'll be yeah. like, all right, you laugh all you want, but we're going to have more money if we can stick to his logic versus the other two. Yeah, I, I get it, but he could have just been like a normal human being, but why do you have to say like, oh, a rabbi? You know why? It also doesn't work. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know what? I've taken it all back. You're right. The joke doesn't work. And uh, so does that make number five a little bit racist? Well, I think part of being alive now is he's going to have built-in prejudice, right? Because he already kind of has prejudice against other inferior robots. Like, he doesn't seem to be so careful about snowblowers. He doesn't feel... No, oh, well, that's Frank's mom, so... Yeah. So, you know, well, you look at the child she raised. Well, he doesn't think snowblowers are, like, worthy. Mm-hmm. All right. So then uh, the real army shows up because... The real Sc- army. Scroder and his guys cannot... They, they just can't... Can't get together. Can't finish the job. The real army shows up, and they get they go to town with their machine guns, and... Uh, it looks like number five runs away and yep. a Huey is on his tail and we know he's he's not going to be able to outrun this thing. Yep. And he's blown up. What did you think at this point? I remember when I first saw it, I was like, oh, he's dead. I really thought he was dead when I first saw it. Yeah, I still feel like, oh, man. like It's still like, oh, because like, I mean, it's it still blew up another robot. That's $11 million down the drain. I wasn't so much worried about the money, but... <laughs> More like I felt bad that number five was taken out by a damn chopper or Huey, whatever they're we, called. We call now. them Hueys now. Are we still calling them Hueys? Mm-hmm. We call them Helos. Do we ever call them Helos? I, I don't know. Chopper. What are the kids calling them on on uh, Call of Duty? That's what I want to know. I don't know. All I keep hearing is slurs flung my way. <laughs> it looks like it just ends on a downer. Everybody's celebrating. The guys are playing with the. Blown up parts, a soldier. Which is, which, yeah. And Stephanie's looking shocked because they're basically just celebrating murdering her friend. Yeah, you know, kind of like real soldiers would do. Be like, hey, we blew this thing up. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Yeah. Like they're taking home their trophies. Yeah, you got to take souvenirs or else nobody's going to believe you when you're at a bar. That's a good point. Yeah. Like, Walk around carrying arm with you every go. <laughs> see this? I blew up a robot today. Check out this fucking arm. Well, actually, I didn't do it. It was the pilot, but I was there, so pretty much. I helped. <laughs> I pointed at it and said, over there. <laughs> Damn it. So, Stephanie is all distraught, and so is Newton. They're driving away, and it looks like it's the end. He's like, what are you going to do now? And he conveniently is like, oh, I got somebody left me 40 acres in Montana. <laughs> Convenient. And then he's like, 40 acres? 
And then he's like, we should. And then number five comes out. He's like, yeah, we should go there. <laughs> so he's alive. And then we're all like hella happy. But yep. he, he did the old switcheroo. In a weird compartment. Yeah, I don't see how you would actually fit down there without. He could have just been like on the road, maybe like hit it a certain way. But it's just it's convenient to have that apart compartment there, I guess. Yeah, but either way, that's I wasn't focused on that. I'm focused yep. on that. He was alive. I was very happy that he was alive. And he has that chuckle. Yuck, 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 yuck. But then, see, we also get back to the fact of, like, he's getting, like, powerful. Because he's not only was he able to dismantle a car in 30 seconds, he built another robot, which was designed to be a military killing machine. Right, but maybe it wasn't fully functional. But either way, he made it look, he made himself an exact replica, so he's very self-aware. Yeah, so at this point... But he's actually had training with the other threes. He should, Johnny Five should be running the world, right? He could build an army of robots in four minutes? Four minutes. He needs resources, so I don't know if he can... Well, he has a whole facility. But they're running away. They think he's dead. He's blown up. Johnny Five could figure he, it out. He has to go incognito. He'll figure it out. He needs to, like, he needs to hide. That should be short circuit three. Johnny Five takes over the world. Oh, I do think short circuit three is uh, Terminator. <laughs> Terminator. The original Terminator. Oh, okay. So Johnny Five keeps making these robots, and like you said, like there's not enough parts around. So he's like, all right, I'll make them look human. So he makes the human ones, and then he's like, oh, no. And then John Connor comes along and says, no, Johnny Five, I'm going to stop you. And so Johnny Five sends uh, a Terminator back in time to kill uh, John Connor's mom. Right? Right. So that's because remember in Terminator 2, the guy was like, oh, we found a robot part. And that's how we made the Skynet. So I think the same thing happened for Terminator 1, but it was Johnny 5. So I think happened. It's an interesting theory there. So I know Johnny 5's alive. It's cute and all, but we got to kill it. Well, let's, uh, let's figure out how the name came up. He says, I want, a, I want a, a name, regular name. And he goes through Kevin, Dave, and his third choice. He settles on Johnny. So, what do you think things would have been like had he stuck on Kevin or Dave? Dave? No, I... Dave number five. Dave number five? Kevin number five. Mambo number five. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think Johnny just has that kind of like cute name to it, and it does kind of fit. So, overall, what do you think of this film? Oh, I love this movie. Does it hold up 30 years later? Oh, yes, it does. It just hit 30-year anniversary. I can't believe that. Remember? Remember, Barry's? So, yeah. Uh, like I said, I can watch this all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, we get a we get a cool story, a cool film, and then we go back and revisit the origin. I feel on this one, we get the the origin right off you know right off the bat. Yep. And it's a it's an interesting one. I think it still holds up because uh, it's, you can definitely you you I don't know which moment for you it is, but where you can definitely relate that he's alive. And it's not just a suspension of disbelief, but you really get in to feel for this character. So when he tries to fuck the other robot, the That's, hot coffee that was, robot. That was for you. I, for you. Kinda, I, I emphasize with that. And uh, sometimes we, I feel we, we're more connected to, to number five than we are than a lot of these animals or other characters that are in this mm-hmm. in this movie. Like we could care less about some of those other guys, but number five we care about. Well, I thought... Johnny Five's like evolution into becoming a living life form was pretty well done. Like him starting off with a light switch, seeing the other robot, and then kind of just playing with stuff. Kind of made it feel like he went through the whole adolescent phase, pubescent phase. All you saw it all in the film. 
Yes, I believe we basically see him grow up right before, right before our eyes. Yep. And and that I think that's maybe that's part of a uh, some of the stuff that we relate to. You're like, oh yeah, I remember. Any other se- scenes that stand out for you in Short Circuit? Hmm. I don't know. It's hard because like the movie is just like it's, like, it's perfect. Yeah. My only complaint would be uh, Scroder. You don't like Scroder? Yeah, because I felt like they they wanted to bring too much of the Police Academy element into it. They did. Because the Police Academy, Police Academy was a huge hit. It made Steve Gutenberg famous. One of the factoids I found said that they thought uh, Fisher Stevens was actually this guy, uh, Jared Joffrey, who's a Indian actor who was very famous at the time for Bollywood movies. They thought they actually brought him over to do it, but it was not him. I don't think he kind of looks like him, right? Yeah, I guess. I'm going to put a photo of him on the Instagram so people can like look and see what it actually looks like. This is the real Ben. This the, is the real Ben. Ben the horn dog. That's what that a lot of a lot of people thought that's who played Ben. Oh wow, that's I don't know who that's worse for the that guy or Fisher Stevens. Yeah, so I guess it's good to be mistaken as an Indian actor. But well, I hope you've uh, enjoyed our discussion of the 1986 movie Short Circuit. It's a classic for us, and uh, we'll always have a. I don't know. Special place for us. And let us know what you think. We're on Twitter at Raised On Movies. Instagram, Raised On Movies. And if you want to write to us, let us know what uh, next, what other uh, movies we should uh, yeah. discuss. Let us know on one of those uh, platforms. See you next time. My name's Gabriel. I'm John. Thanks for listening.